Welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. The only podcast that's all about self-improvement, confidence, success, women, and being a man without making any apologies for it. What is up, gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the UMP. And boy, oh boy, do I got a good one for you today, boys. This is one of the most important things you need to learn to keep conversations with women going and going and going, both during the first conversation as well as subsequent dates to come. There's so much content in this episode, it's going to blow a hole in your mind so big that even I could fuck it. Before we jump into the content, I want to read a quick testimonial that I just received from my boy, Danny. What is up, Danny? Really appreciate you. He just graduated from my three-month coaching program. It's a long-ass testimonial, but I'm going to read the highlights. Everything you said would happen has come to fruition. You have made such a positive impact on my life, I cannot thank you enough. Signing up for the program was the best decision I ever made. Do you hear that, boys? This guy is straight saying, signing up for the program was the best decision I ever made. Even better of a decision than becoming a human being, becoming an American, living in Flagstaff, Arizona, as my boy does, better than all those things. Just imagine what you could do if you too joined the program. It continues with, the change it has brought forth is priceless. After getting broken up with in my 30s and joining the program in April and graduating in June of 2021, there have been profound positive shifts in my life. I got to have some fun playing the field and learning lessons along the way. Now I'm with my dream girl queen in her 20s that I'm choosing to select almost as described in my journal with some of the exact scenarios I wrote out in our assignments having manifested in profound ways yet only better thanks to you and the program. I feel such a sense of accomplishment that to where I am now in my life was almost unimaginable before the program, and now I am light years ahead from where I started. I got to where I am from what you taught, not just about women, but on how to be the unapologetic men we were all meant to be. Well, Danny, I appreciate you, brother, and like I always say, guys, you know, I'm the street sign that points the way up the mountain. I found the shortcut up the mountain to get you women, to make you irresistibly attracted to them in the shortest, easiest way possible, but you have to do the work. So if you wanna meet with me on a free one-on-one breakthrough session and you're the kind of guy that actually does the work, when he commits to something, he actually follows through and it's not too much work, it's about five to 10 hours a week, I show you all the shortcuts, I make it ridiculously easy to be consistently speaking to 10 to 20 chicks at any given time over the three months and beyond. I give you tons of ways to attract women into your life and teach you how to quote unquote seduce them, make them attracted to you, and give yourself sexual choice where you can choose which girl you wanna date rather than being chosen. And I think more importantly, the next time you see a hot girl and you kick yourself because you don't know what to say, you make an excuse not to go talk to her, the next time that happens, you say to yourself, you know what, if I were to just take that program, I would know exactly what to say. I would have the balls to go approach her. My approach anxiety would be gone. I would know exactly what to do, and frankly, it would be a gift that I'm giving to her just approaching her. And that's the way my guys think, and that's the reason they get such amazing success. If you wanna learn more, about my three-month coaching program, go to my website, click on coaching. I just slapped up a ton more testimonials 
the one from Danny right there is included in them that all basically say the same thing. I have, I think, 85 plus testimonials that glow just like this one does because I get results, boys. Like 95% of my guys get the exact results they want with women, which basically is to have sexual choice. Go up to any girl you're attracted to, get her attracted to you, yank her phone number, take her on a date, have sex with her if you want to, rinse and repeat, do it again and again and again until, like Danny, you find your queen. So once again, go to my website, click on coaching, fill in the quick application, and you and I will get on that one-on-one call together. All right, gentlemen, so I know what you want. Okay, you can't lie to me. I work with dudes on a day-to-day basis. Here's what you want. I'm gonna list it all out for you. You ready? You want a girl who can suck the shine off a Cadillac. She has two, that's right, two separate eyebrows. She doesn't look like an unfrozen cave woman, a boneyard girl, or a girl who you might refer to as Trailer Swift. She is not a chronic knuckle dunker. She doesn't masturbate herself at times and locations that are both geographically unacceptable and morally despicable. This is the kind of girl you can introduce to your parents without having to tell her to pretend she's a mute and she can't talk. Because yes, she does have a great personality. She does have a great moral compass. She is a fucking champion, just like you're a champion. And gentlemen, it's the same thing for you. The chronic masturbation, your Pornhub frequent masturbator platinum card, we got to turn that bad boy in and start getting you guys some real girls. That's right, real girls. The last girl who you jerked off to on Pornhub or were like gawking over on Instagram. I know, I do it sometimes too. Man, those filters, they make them look good sometimes, right? You're like, what? That chick's a fucking 10, but you know, it's all about the filter. But to my point... The last girl you were gawking over, you could have her and she actually will look like that naked in your bed with her legs spread asking you to put it inside of her. Do you want that? I don't know a single dude who wouldn't want that. The real question is, are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to invest in yourself? Are you willing to put yourself out there just a little bit? Nothing that's going to get you too afraid. Put yourself out there and learn this shit get over your approach anxiety and be able to approach girls at will. I don't know where you're at in your development, but unless you've experienced that personally, I can tell you I ain't getting to the end of my life on my deathbed and say, what if? What if I just had the balls to invest in myself, to approach those women, to have all those experiences that I dreamed about? Are you really gonna let yourself get on your deathbed and die with those regrets? But I digest, boys. Most of you have made up your mind as to whether or not you are going to join the program, and I hope you do, man. I want to meet you. So what do we talk about with girls to keep the conversation going and going and going? How can we insert tons of conversational substance into the first conversation, the first date, second date, and beyond, even into relationships with these girls? Because frankly, it's easy to run out of things to talk about, isn't it? A lot of you guys have been in a set with a girl. Things are going great for the first few minutes, and then you simply run out of things to talk about. You're not adept enough to kind of think on your feet, so you don't know what to say next, and then she politely excuses herself. It fucking sucks. So what we do is we have stories that are ready to go and in our back pocket. And for all my clients, I make them have at least 10 to 15 different stories throughout their life that they can refer to when it comes to conversations with women. So what I'm gonna do, since I'm the only person here who's speaking and I'm the only person who I can reference from my own personal experience, is I'm gonna tell you some stories that I tell to women all the time. These stories are not only interesting, but as you'll see, they embed high status type qualities. They embed kind of bragging, but without actually bragging. And in fact, 
Sometimes I'm slightly self-deprecating to kind of hide the fact that I'm bragging. But what's happening is I'm telling stories to communicate to her that I have a high value life. I have lots of hot girls in my life. I do lots of cool shit. Girls are attracted to me. I go out a lot. I have lots of experiences. And I'm basically on her level or even above her level via my storytelling. So it's like giving a dog some medicine, right? You wanna embed the medicine into a tasty treat so that the dog eats it and it doesn't even realize it's getting the medicine. And that's kind of what we do. So we tell interesting stories that give our conversation substance, keep the conversation going, get her engaged, get her into the equivalent somewhat zombie state of like watching a television show. And as humans, we relate very well to stories. We absolutely love stories. And one quick hint, that's a little bit of a side note. Anytime you have to do public speaking, I would always suggest you guys start with the story. Stories lure the audience in, they keep their attention captivated, and it keeps them there when you get to the other facts of your public speech. Or for me, I've done a lot of weddings, and I always start the weddings with the story about the bride and the groom. Everybody goes, ah, and there's like a feel-good moment, and then I kick off the wedding and get into it. In fact, a lot of you guys don't know this, I've actually married 202 couples because when I was in Japan, I would do wedding ceremonies in Japanese. I do wedding ceremonies in Japanese. It's part of the thing that I did while I was getting my translator license to which I moved to Hawaii. So the first story actually does relate to Japan and it has to do with something called love hotels. This is such an interesting phenomenon of the Japanese culture that I think you guys will really enjoy. Now, as you're listening to the story, try to put yourself in the shoes of a woman who's listening to the story, say, on a first date or a first conversation or even a phone call, just whenever I feel like it's appropriate to bring this story up, kind of put yourself in her shoes and listen to the story and kind of see how this would entertain a woman and it embeds those high qualities, which I'll reveal at the end. Okay, so I lived in Japan for four years. I was initially an English teacher in middle school and then I moved to Osaka and I was a wedding announcer and I was also a Japanese translator. So while I was in Osaka, I discovered these things called love hotels. Now, one of the interesting things about Japan is that almost every husband cheats on his wife. It's not something I condone. It's not something I agree with, but it's just kind of part of their culture. So what they do is they have these hotels specific to just go have sex in. Now you would think they would be seedy and disgusting and like come on the ceiling and heroin needles broken in the trash can, but it's the complete opposite. These are like Michelin star hotels, the nicest freaking things you'd ever see, right? King size beds, spas in the shape of hearts, and another thing, which I'm gonna mention in a minute, that is absolutely hilarious. So men who would be cheating on their wives would basically go to these hotels and you park in a parking spot and then a curtain covers up the back of your car, right? Just in case the wives are out there doing some tactical recon, they don't want them to find their cars. Super shady, super shady. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. Then what you do is you take an elevator up to the hotel room that you buy. And here's the thing. The hotel room is actually much cheaper than a regular hotel room. For like 60 bucks, you can stay the whole night. And it's like this gigantic room with a huge bed and a huge kitchen and just all the amenities that you would ever ask for in a five-star hotel. So one of the things they have, and this is the funniest shit, and I've actually stayed with girls in these hotels and it works pretty well, is they have this thing. It's like two seats basically pressed up next to one another. Then what you do is you press the button and the seats start going out and then in again and they hit. Then they go out and in again and they hit. Now imagine a naked girl sitting in one seat, 
and a naked man sitting in the other seat inserted into her and then the seats go boom 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 like that so basically it lets you have sex without you even having to move dude you just sit there and it like has sex for you right well one time i'm with the girl in this thing and we're like what the fuck is that thing it's like two seats pressed up against one another why why would they have that so like the girl I was with, she presses the button and sure enough, it starts going boom, boom, boom. And you can turn up the speed and shit. And so we try it. And I'll tell you what, it's a great way to break your penis. So be extremely careful. But that shit works, man. You could just chill, fucking get a glass of wine, turn on the TV, get out the newspaper and just let that thing do the work for you. So funny. So my brother and I, we traveled through Japan together. He came and visited me while I was living there. Like I said, the hotels, the regular hotels are like, really expensive over there, especially for nice ones. Whereas the love hotels, they're literally like one quarter the price and they're actually nicer than the quote unquote nice hotels. So my brother and I would stay in love hotels. It was really funny. And one time we're walking in and it didn't have as discreet as an entry as some of the other ones. So you could like kind of see the other people. So my brother and I get into the elevator and mind you, we're two white dudes in Japan. There's very few white people in Japan, particularly outside of Tokyo and like big cities like Osaka. So these people are just looking at us as me and my brother, big gruffy guys wearing like camo pants and backpacks because we're like backpacking throughout Japan, go up in the elevator to the Love Hotel. But man, it was funny. And a couple of times we got some rooms with some weird ass shit in them. Like they have dildos you can use that you can get rid of. They obviously have like tons of different condoms and different sexual things like vibrators. And my brother and I were like throwing the vibrator at each other and it was just hella funny. But love hotels are absolutely huge in Japan. Boom, right there, boys. How long was that? That was like five minutes, right? Five, 10 minutes of a pretty good story. An interesting story where if I was telling that to a girl in a nightclub, and yeah, I'll even do that in a nightclub, maybe more like on the smoking patio or outside or in the back where it's a little bit quieter. But if I tell that to a girl, not only is it entertaining, not only is it funny, not only does it show my charisma and storytelling ability, as well as my tonality, my delivery, but it also communicates a lot of high value things. I said that I lived in Japan for four years. I was a Japanese translator. I've done 200 weddings. I obviously had girls in that room. So she's kind of picturing me with other chicks. I'm adventurous to where my brother and I went backpacking throughout all of Japan. And we had this funny thing where we were like throwing dildos at each other and just having a good time. So it shows all these high value traits without me specifically bragging about it. Because a lot of guys will go into set and they'll be like, oh, I'm a millionaire. I have a big dick. I'm really funny. And they'll like list out everything, but you have to sub communicate it, which means the communication below the communication. You have to demonstrate. You can't explain. You should never try to sell yourself to a woman, never try to explain yourself to her, but instead demonstrate your charisma, demonstrate your awesome life via stories, demonstrate your tonality frame and being able to take her into an experience that makes her have a good time, gives her good feelings. When I was talking about those two seats banging up against each other, that shit's funny. It always makes chicks laugh. And when they laugh, they feel good. Now you, as the listener, are probably sitting there thinking, well, Mark, you know, I, I didn't live in Japan. I, I don't have these interesting stories. Brother, you do have tons of interesting stories. And as you're sitting here listening to this, they may not be immediately apparent to you, but I guarantee you they're there. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to look through the pictures of your life. This is a great way to be reminded of all the cool shit that you've done.
So go into your laptop, you know where the pictures are, and just start going through them and start finding stories that embed high-value traits, are entertaining to listen to, hopefully at some point to make her laugh, and most importantly, you're the hero in it, but when it sounds like you're kind of trying to brag, you should be slightly self-deprecating. Like my example where me and my brother are going up in the elevator and all these Japanese people are giving us sideways glances because we're a couple of American dudes in Japan going to a love hotel, right? That's hella funny and it's slightly self-deprecating because it's embarrassing. And you always want to be cognizant of not bragging. Like a lot of you guys do really cool shit. Some of you guys are awesome. Snowboarders, skiers, mountain bikers, dirt bike racers. Maybe you fly an airplane. Maybe you're an awesome lawyer, a doctor, or you're like a kick-ass landscape artist, or you're a great carpenter or whatever it is that you do. When you say those things, you can embed that in there, but always be slightly self-deprecating. Like I have a story where my buddy was surfing and he thinks he hit a shark and I had to like go paddle out to go get him. And I say in the story, while I was paddling, I was peeing down my leg and actually the pee was propelling me at twice the speed of my usual paddle because I was so terrified. So you see there, like, I'm a hero because I went out to save my boy, but I was peeing down my leg. It would be the same thing if like you saved a dog from a fire. Dude, that fire got put out because I was pissing everywhere because I was so afraid. As I walked into the house, I'm just pissing the fire out as I went to grab the dog and I grabbed him and it was actually in the paper and the fire department actually gave me an award for it. It's pretty cool. I still have it at home and it was super humbling. So that's the way you tell the story. Anytime there's any bragging, perceived bragging, you have the self-deprecation, but you're always trying to embed those high value experiences that show her you're not just some schlep, you're not some unfrozen caveman who has no life, but instead you live a high value adventurous life and that's what stories communicate. Now I wrote down a ton of stories here and it's like I don't have enough time to get through them because we're already almost at 20 minutes, but I'll just go through them kind of quickly to tell you what I do speak about with women. Last St. Patrick's Day, we were at a nightclub and I went into the back area, kind of where the trash cans are because I had to piss and all the freaking toilets were closed because the bars just closed. And I shit you not, there was two people having sex next to the trash can in what was basically a puddle of just collected booze and piss and just debauchery, bro. It was the sickest thing I've ever seen. He was sitting down and she was just like on his lap riding him and they're literally next to trash. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. I'll oftentimes talk about girl fights that I've seen in the club or outside the club and something funny that I say is, this girl's boob came out and it wasn't like a normal boob. It was like a National Geographic boob where it was hella floppy and like it was hitting the other girl in the face as they were fighting and that always cracks him up. I talk about how this certain bartender in this certain nightclub, and this is a true story, I went to grab lemons and she like slapped my hand and I'm like, see that, see that bartender right there? The other day I went to grab lemons. I just was gonna grab lemons for my water because I don't drink, I just drink water. She slapped my hand like a school teacher and then she's like, nope. Don't you take lemons. Always ask me first. And I was like, damn, sorry. Could I please have some lemons? She's like, yeah, go ahead. It was so stupid. Sometimes I'll talk about how I had a one night stand on a cruise ship once and I was having sex and it was so awesome, guys, because like I was getting her doggy style and I could look out the window and see the high seas. I felt like a fucking pirate, bro. I felt like a champion. And we put a necktie on the door, right? The old necktie on the door. But I guess it fell off with the high seas or whatever. And then her, her roommate or her friend walked in and I'm sitting there asshole naked looking like a fucking idiot going. And her fucking.
fucking roommate walks in and I got caught and it was like horribly embarrassing. And uh, cruise ships, man, good place to pick up chicks, by the way, boys. You should definitely go on those cruise ships. The other night, and this is actually a true story, I'm gonna finish with this one. There was a girl who left a nightclub and she was totally drunk and it was freezing out. It was like 14 degrees out and she was wearing next to nothing. She had this little mini skirt on, these boots, a midriff shirt, and that was it. She stumbles out of the bar, completely inebriated, and this is like, this is the fear that I, as a father of a daughter have right here, incarnate. This is my fear. Stumbles out of the fucking bar. All these dudes are sitting there looking at her. They don't try to help her. So I was with my friend Ashley and Sarah and I was like, yo, we got to help this girl. So we go up to her and we're like, dude, what's going on? Where are your friends? She's like, oh no, she's all fucked up. So we literally get my car. We grab this girl's cell phone. We call the last girl she was texting, who thankfully was her best friend. And we're like, yo, like this chick, we don't even know her name. Who is she? She's like, oh my God, that's Amy. Where is she? We're like, dude, we're downtown Market Street. She's like, we live over in Highlands Ranch. Can you come bring her up here? And we're like, yeah, we'll do it. So like we rescued this girl who was totally drunk and like, just imagine boys, what could have happened to that girl? Like the wrong dude drives by. He's like, oh, easy target. Let me just snatch this girl up and then do what I want with her. So we rescued that girl and that felt really good because we helped her. And man, I really hope her friend gave her a speech the next day because that was some fucked up shit. And girls will do that. I used to be a bouncer for five years. And not only that, but I've logged thousands of hours in nightclubs and bars. You will see girls leaving sometimes alone or with their friends absolutely inebriated, like hardly able to walk. And you think to yourself, damn, dude, what could happen to these girls? So it felt good to rescue them the way that we did. So that's it, boys, storytelling. So your job now is to go through your pictures and think about what could I talk about in set? What could I talk about to girls? Another important hint is to talk about things that happen in the venue which you happen to be in. For example, you're at the gym. At my gym, there was recently a robbery in the men's locker room where somebody cut all the locks and stole everything. I didn't get anything stolen, but that's something I'm gonna talk about. And I'll say, hey, did you hear about this? Another place is like the coffee shop. Maybe somebody got in a fight outside in the coffee shop. Another place is the supermarket. I remember there was this big drama in one of our supermarkets where they changed the whole layout and this lady absolutely lost her mind. I also tell a story in the supermarket where this guy yelled at me because like I split that bananas. Like I took two bananas off of a bundle of six and homeboy was stocking the bananas and he didn't appreciate that. He's like, could you not do that please? I'm like, really dude? So these are some of the things that I'll talk about per the venue I happen to be in. And you guys may think, well, how are you gonna tell the story about Japan? Well, sometimes you can just take control of the conversation and just start talking about what the hell you wanna talk about. In fact, as I speak about many times on this podcast, if she brings up boring shit and you run with it, she's going to blame you for boring her. So it's your job as the man to control the conversation. And if you want to talk about love hotels in Japan while you're in a supermarket and it doesn't really relate, there's not like a perfect segue into that story, it's still okay. Because what she's monitoring is not your perfect segues, your perfect transitions, your perfect bridges in your guitar solo. She's monitoring her emotions. Does this conversation make me feel good? Does this conversation make me laugh? So I'll bring up random shit whenever I want to, and I may preface it by being like, oh, that reminds me, I was just thinking about this today. When I lived in Japan, boom, I'm off to the races. So once again, look through your pictures, 
And generally speaking, you want to use slightly shorter stories the earlier you are in the conversation and then longer stories the longer you are in the conversation. That Japan story, for example, I may use that, I don't know, 10 minutes or an hour into me speaking to her, but I may use the girl fight outside the nightclub and the boob came out a little bit closer in or the story with Ashley and Sarah where we rescued that girl who was drunk. I may use that. And again, context-wise, I'd use that in nightclubs and stuff. So your job is to write down 10 to 15 of these. Specifically, guys, if you're the kind of guy who has trouble speaking to women, keeping the conversation going, keeping it spicy and keeping her interested, and you often have girls who are like, well, it was good to talk to you. See you later. This is one of the biggest ways to keep them interested. Now, today's Thursday, and next Thursday, I'm going to follow up with another genius method to never run out of things to say again, to keep talking and talking, to answer the typical questions that girls are going to ask you and how to ask them these questions. This is one of the biggest things that I love to teach guys because it's like such an aha moment for dudes. So come back, not only next Thursday, but also on Monday as I drop podcasts on Mondays and Thursdays. I'm really enjoying this new year because I'm kind of going back to basics over the last couple months and I'm going to kind of keep doing that into maybe March and April too. The real important stuff, like the real meat that's inside the hamburger. Because while I've spoken about this before, the storytelling was probably like two years ago. And the thing I'm going to speak about next Thursday was also probably like two years ago. You guys need to hear it again and again, because it's that damn important. So storytelling boys, massively powerful to get women attracted to you. If you want to meet with me and be held accountable to actually create these 10 to 15 stories. I'll teach you how to tell them, which ones to use and which ones to throw out. We will brainstorm all the best tricks, tactics, and techniques when it comes to not only storytelling, but every single element of getting a woman attracted to you. Come and meet with me on a free one-on-one breakthrough session. Go to my website, coachmarksing.com. Click on coaching, fill in the application, and be mindful, boys. You have to reply to all my emails within 24 hours. Blows my mind that guys will sign up and they can't fucking respond to an email in 24 hours. It's like, really, bro? If you can't respond to an email within 24 hours, then how are you going to do the assignments I give you when we work together for three months? That's the way I think. So that's why that parameter is in place. I want guys who are serious. I don't want guys who are just kicking tires. Oh, I want to meet with this guy to pick his brain. That's not what it's about. I want guys who really want to get this part of their life solved are sick of fucking around with meager results with women, are sick of seeing hot girls and not knowing what to say to them. I want guys who really want to get down to brass tacks and master this. And you got to reply to my emails in 24 hours or you're fucking banned, bro. You're done. Kick rocks with your head down. Don't let the door hit you where the Lord split you. You're off like a prom dress. So just reply to my emails in 24 hours. It's really not that hard. Come on, boys. Tighten up your battleship. I want to bounce quarters off the bed. I want you to launch a fusillade of championhood off the starboard bow because that's what the fuck we do in the Unapologetic Man Army. Gentlemen, I appreciate you listening. Stay tuned for my next episode dropping on Monday. And of course, as I mentioned on Thursday, they are going to absolutely dominate. And I will see you in the next episode. That was a pretty sick little ending there, I kind of thought maybe. Oh, yeah.